We have to make sure that people of color have a seat at the table. We have to make sure that they are there, that they are part of any diversity, equity, and inclusion practices that are going on in the districts in which they teach. And when we put those teachers of color and educators of color in the right space to speak to the right people and help in making the decisions and designing the professional development, then we will start to see change in all of our educational spaces. Welcome to another episode of the Teach Plus Podcast. I hope you're as excited as I am and that this adds value to your week as a high-performing educator. And now, on to the episode. So today we have with us on our podcast, Sharifa Mason. Now, Sharifa taught for over 15 years in DISD, is currently Associate Dean of Education Certification at Dallas College, and even produced a documentary last year from the block that highlights the themes of race, relationships, and retention, and their influence on Black educators in Oak Cliff, Texas. Sharifa, it is great to have you on the podcast today. Thank you so much. I'm so glad to be here. Thank you for the invite. Yeah, absolutely. I'm really excited to be able to talk with you today, Sharifa. And uh, I I guess if we could begin uh, by you just briefly sharing with the listeners your experience with Teach Plus and why you continue to partner with us. That question is just so layered, right? I found out about Teach Plus uh, one year when I was serving as Teacher of the Year for my campus in Dallas ISD, and they put together this amazing production for all of the campus teachers of the year throughout the district. And we were at Booker T. Washington, which is the performing arts school in Dallas ISD, and we had these breakout sessions. And at the end, they gave us a paper um, a flyer and it had Teach Plus on it and it was a fellowship and they were actually paying teachers to be a part of the fellowship. Who does that? Nobody, right? Yep. So I was so excited because I was like, I can learn and find out about policy and become an advocate for teachers like me and get paid. And I thought that was awesome. And so I completed the application and I tell this story so much in every Teach Plus space I'm in. I started my application, Dan, and literally stopped it and went to do something else. And Lindsay Sobel called my phone and was like, hi, I'm Lindsay from Teach Plus. I saw you started your application and I'm looking at the phone like, are you stalking me? I I know I just started it, but... I didn't even type a letter in yet. And so she asked me, did I have any questions? And I was like, no, I really need to dig a little bit deeper, but I'm excited to learn about the opportunity. And so she would text and email. Um, I completed the application and submitted it. And I was like, I better get in. If she called (laughs) me and talked to me all those times, I had better be accepted. And I am so grateful that she was so committed to getting teachers to apply because this has been the absolute best experience of my career. My career would not be at the level it is now if not for Teach Plus. So I was a part of the inaugural Teach Plus Teacher Fellowship in Texas, and I was on the teacher diversity. I was in the teacher diversity group. We blew it out of the park. So we're, we're presenting in front in front of Mike Morath, who is the um, Texas Education Agency Commissioner mm-hmm. and his team. And we weren't finance. Uh, you know, we, we weren't a part of any legislation during that year. 
but he was so moved by our work, our data, what we knew about the purpose of diversifying the teacher pipeline that he sent Lindsay an email at five in the morning and told her she needed to get that paper to him in email form so that he could dive deeper. And he just basically gave us so much praise for all of the work we had done and talked about the level our presentation was at and how amazing it was to actually be able to see the numbers and hear from people of color who could speak to the experiences. And so that was so mind blowing when she (laughs) forwarded us the email, I was like, this cannot be happening. And so the next year, she reached out and she asked, would I serve as a senior fellow for the inaugural DFW fellowship? And I was like, I don't know, Lindsay, I'm busy. I just started a new school. And she was like, Sharifa, I I have to have you. You need to come and do this for me. And I was like, okay, anything for you, Lindsay. And so I took that role on and I got to lead the racial equity uh, group in DFW, which at that time was so needed. And we were so powerful in that space. Kevin was able to connect us to... um, the racial equity office in Dallas ISD. We got to go and present in front of Jamila Thomas, who was the director at the time, and start talking about what needed to change in the district, especially as it related to teachers and students of color. And so one thing I can say about this organization is that it has always been empowering. I learned how to write op-eds. I've always known how to write really well, but writing op-eds, you have to have a different flair. And so working with Anya on writing op-eds and really honing my craft in that space has been awesome. My biggest achievement with Teach Plus is working with uh, Dr. Mark Teo on to be who we are, Black teachers on creating culturally affirming schools. I came to him with this idea during the pandemic as a senior research fellow, and he said, we have to make this happen. And Dr. Shantoria Walker and I got to uh, engage in focus groups with more than 100 Black teachers across the country, asking them about their experiences. And I was able to take that and put that into the form of a paper. And Mark was so amazing and innovative. He reached out to Sharif Belmecki, who leads the Center for Black Educator Development. He got his team on board. And so we co-wrote an amazing paper that is still, I think, super powerful now, even though we're almost a year out. So Teach Plus has just made education a space that I will never, ever leave because it has taught me how multifaceted education is and how many hats I can wear and how many ways I can be a model to teachers and students of color across the nation. You know, I'm, I'm interested uh, with all the things that you're doing, and we're going to talk about more of them here in a minute, but uh, tell me about your school experiences. Tell me about what it was like when you were a student and how that really impacts what you're doing now. I am originally from New Orleans, Louisiana, um, born and raised, and New Orleans is a very impoverished city. And New Orleans is a city that is predominantly Black. We were always in a space with high crime. We were always, the state was recognized as one of um, the lowest performing states in education my entire life and my entire experience in school. So it was a place where education needed to be able to blossom 
and for whatever reason has never truly been able to do so. I was just blessed that I had parents who, although they were not highly educated, understood the significance and importance of education and always placed me and my siblings in the best public schools that were available. And growing up, I had really great Black teachers that were amazing models. They were professional. They were articulate. They were timely. They held high expectations for all of their students. And they did not allow us to um, misrepresent ourselves. They taught us that we could be anything and everything. They empowered us. They made sure that we could see ourselves in them, which meant that we could see ourselves as being successful. We could see ourselves as being educated. We could see ourselves as being articulate. We could see ourselves as being in spaces that could infiltrate spaces that weren't always available to us. And so that was always inspiring to me. I also tell the story of amazing white teachers that I have. And I tell this story because I wish my teachers would have had access to the information that white teachers today have access to because I know how much more I would have gained had my teachers understood the reasons they should affirm my home language or that they should make my culture more visible in their classrooms. Um, I was just very lucky to have teachers that cared about their students regardless of race. And so for me, that experience has been what has led me to becoming a state of Texas master teacher. I want every student in my class, it doesn't matter their race or ethnicity, to know that they are in a safe space, to know that there will be learning, engaging learning that will occur from bell to bell, and to know that they are loved and cared about. And I model myself after those teachers that I had. I have to, of course, highlight my Black teachers because it is very important for people to understand that children cannot be what they cannot see. And when we do not provide an equitable and proportionate teacher representation in our classrooms, we are not providing the best educational experiences for our students. So my experiences growing up have led to how I have designed myself as a teacher and how I continue to advocate for students and teachers of color in every space that I enter. When you said that children cannot be what they cannot see, I just really can't agree more with that. And I think it's also important that they're at the table, that the right people are at the table to have those conversations about what curriculum are we choosing? What books are we providing for our students? Um, You know, what programs are we gonna offer that are necessary? Now, you just shared the stories of those teachers that inspired you. Um, In 2018, TNTP released a report about the effectiveness of education in our schools. And one of the conclusions was that uh, some teachers hold higher standards than other teachers, and those teachers see students achieve greater academic success. And that report was in the opportunity myth. Uh, If you could talk about your experiences, either personally or professionally, uh, of the impact teachers have when they hold high standards for all students. 
I'm so glad you asked that question because it also links back to a previous question you asked. I had the privilege of being at the unveiling of the Opportunity Myth in Austin because of Teach Plus, and I was able to serve on a panel and present an actual uh, workshop there to all of the stakeholders that were there in the building that day. And when we got to dive deep into that report before it was actually released, I was so appreciative of the honesty and authenticity in that report because it really spoke to the fact that white teachers are in these rooms and they do care about students of color, but they're ill-informed on exactly what it is that they should be doing. And because of this report, we have given white teachers the tools they need to be successful with students of color that has stifled them from being really great in these spaces in the past. I always say that representation matters for everyone. So even white students need to see white uh, teachers and educators in spaces. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And when we talk about diversity, black and brown students need to see white teachers in their spaces so that they understand the world and what it looks like and how to engage and interact with people who don't necessarily look like you or have the same experiences as you. I say this in my TEDx talk that my white teachers coddled me because they were afraid to watch me fail, not knowing that setting higher expectations would have forced me to excel. So they were in these spaces and they cared about me. However, they thought that I was going to fail, so they didn't want to put too much on me. When they did not understand my capacity and my ability to expand, had they just poured into me. That report has allowed us to have that very real and necessary conversation with white educators and has allowed us to tell them it is okay for you to be in, an, be in a classroom with students of color and push them beyond what you think they know. It is okay for you to ensure that you are expanding them and growing them and cultivating them. We don't need you to be guilty. We don't need you to overcompensate. What we need you to do is get in there and empower those students. I forgot to mention earlier that you actually recently did a TEDx talk, What About the Children in the Mirror? Diversifying America's Teacher Pipeline. And one of the things that you mentioned in there was that the diversification of the teacher pipeline is not the intentional deletion of white teachers. I, I think that's very important to point out because we're not saying that there don't need to be white teachers. We're, we're not saying we need to get rid of all the white teachers. What we're talking about is empowering all teachers to better affect the populations that need that uh, that attention that need the intentional high standards and need the support to be successful. Is that right? Absolutely. That's exactly what we're saying. We have groups like Teach Plus, the Hunt Institute, Center for Black Educator Development, Latinos of Color in Educational Leadership. We have these amazing groups that are saying, we want to place 1 million teachers of color in America's classrooms by 2030. However, while we're in that space, our teaching workforce is still more than 70% to 80% white and white female on top of that. So as those numbers are still disproportionate, we have a job to make sure that the white teachers that are in front of our students are the very best as we work on making this pipeline more proportionate. 
And I always tell people, I want us to walk away with the idea that representation does matter, but effectiveness is what is most important. White, black, brown, we need effective educators in front of our students. Sharifa, we've talked about the influence that you've had through Teach Plus, the organizations and the rock stars that you've collaborated with in the work, the publications that you've helped to author and contribute to. We've talked about the impact you're making with the TEDx talks, with the documentary that you produced, all while still teaching in the classroom. I think some may be wondering what keeps you grinding away and motivated to keep moving forward. What is your why? So for me, my why is that I have two Black daughters, Sanai and Saida, and I believe, like most people, that education starts at home. So if I want to make sure that I'm the best example for other people's children in classrooms, I need to make sure that I'm the best example for my children here at home. And in order to do that, I have to let them know that education is important by what I model. I have to let them know that civil rights is important by what I model. I have to let them know that being respectful and responsible is is important by what I model. So that is my motto in life is do as I do. Do as I do. Do as I do. So if I'm doing this work, (laughs) you can do this work. And that is what I have expected from my students. If I'm showing up on time to class, if I'm prepared, if my lesson is engaging, I expect you to be here on time. I expect you to be prepared. I expect you to be engaged. We have to change the way that um, our students think about education. And it starts with that very question you just asked. What is our why? Are we really here to empower impoverished students, marginalized, disenfranchised students? Are we really trying to provide the liberation that we say we are? Are we really trying to move beyond equity and give them the freedom to be who they are in that space and unlock their potential and ingenuity? Because if we really are, then we will make this world a better place. And so my why is to make sure that every space I am, I present authentically and unapologetically as a Black woman in education who believes, because she has been through this cycle herself, that all children can learn and that educators have to be committed to the efficacy necessary to move students, regardless of race and ethnicity. Sharifa, if you could share one piece of advice with every teacher in the United States regarding this topic to impact students in a positive way, what would it be? I think I would tell them to do the work. And when I say that, what I mean is you have to understand who you are naturally, authentically who you are before you can go into any space and empower anyone else. And I don't think we do that as much as we should as educators. I think that our degrees and our titles are what we present, but that is not always innately who we are. Students can pick up on inauthenticity within minutes Mm -hmm. and they will shut down. So if we don't do the work, we will not be successful. It's super important for us to understand that the skin color does not equate to the connection. 
Yes. I have seen it happen before where we have had Black and Latinx teachers and they still can't, can't make the connection with Black and Latinx students yep. because they haven't done the work to figure out who they are. You don't have to look like them to teach them. You just have to embrace them. Yeah. And that is what I would tell any teacher that is working in any space. Sharifa, thank you so much for your time today. It has been a pleasure. I wish we had more time to talk about it, but it's been amazing having you on the podcast today. Thank you. Thank you. It's always encouraging to hear about things that are happening outside of the classroom that have such an impact on education in order to create more equitable situations for our students. Our hope is that you feel challenged to go that extra mile and become more active as well. Thank you for joining today. Teach Plus is a national nonprofit that empowers teachers to lead improvements in educational policy and instructional practice. Visit teachplus.org for more information.